longer than I think if we put Cam and my age together. Yes. I don't think that's true. I don't think you're 12 years old. But Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I did the math totally wrong there. But that doesn't matter today. But it doesn't matter. After 41 <laughs> years, the University of Georgia, the Bulldogs, the Dogs are national champions. Just I don't know that I've fully comprehended it yet. No. Just because you – shut up, Kevin. Just because <laughs> you have – you sit there year after year and you, you just watch other teams rip your heart out over and over and over again. I don't know that it's sunk in yet, but I know that it's true, and I know that I feel a, a different feeling. I'm still trying to figure out what it is. Let me say this. I'll start off with this. Never been happier to be wrong. Yeah, right. Cam, True. you weren't in here yesterday, but picked Alabama to win. What? And I will say this: I think uh, old Jameson Williams doesn't go down. We might be having a different conversation right now. But I don't know. Injuries are part of football. Georgia wins the national championship, and so we're here right now, and I'm saying I have never been happier to be wrong. I said, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words right now. There's a lot of stuff I want to get to, obviously, from this game, and I will have plenty of words about that. But just, like, opening it up and summarizing it, I, I still don't know how to feel about this because it's been so long. And it's a little bit different, I think, uh, from this is where we're at right now, the Braves winning the World Series not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I believe there was exactly 69 days between – the Braves winning the World Series and Georgia winning the national championship. So very different feeling because the Braves kind of came out of nowhere and won it because they were just kind of an okay baseball team this year, whereas the Bulldogs, it's the expectation every single year and then being let down. And after Stetson Bennett, and this, I, I still think the refs got this wrong, after that fumble and then Bryce Young throws an absolute dart back across the middle of the field to the tight end and Alabama takes the lead – I was not overly optimistic because <sighs> leading up to that, and we're going to get to the recap of the game. Georgia had not done a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I guess my summary, and then we can get into the game is this Georgia was far and away the best football team in the country all season. But after one game, which it was a really big data point, right? in that SEC championship. But after one game, everyone just completely threw away a year's worth of data and said it's the same old Georgia and they were looking more at 40 years prior to this and the culmination of all the different times you've had your heart ripped out combining all that together versus just looking at what we knew and what we knew was Georgia had the best defense in the country they have a really good offensive line when healthy they have some guys on the outside that can get the job done and Stetson Bennett has been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country all season long right and so if Georgia came out and played their game there wasn't a better team in the country than them and so what did Georgia do in this game? Finally, when they started putting it together, number one, defense came out heated. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, tweeted this out. Hot. I tweeted this out before the game. Kobe Dean looked like he wanted to decapitate someone. <laughs> yeah. They kept showing him standing on the sideline when Georgia deferred and said they wanted to wait until the second half to get the ball. Kobe Dean looked like he was ready to commit unspeakable horrors on other people. Right? And <laughs> – Georgia's defense did give Dan Lanning a lot of credit, uh, Will Muschamp, Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann, that entire defensive staff, because that Georgia defense came out hot, but it also came out like we had seen it come out in 14 other games, or 13 other games, I should say. Exactly. Right? So, 
I guess my summary is we saw Georgia play the game that they played in every other game besides the SEC championship, and now they're national championships. We're going to get to what this means for Georgia going forward. Uh, we're going to get to what it has put to bed. I'm going to have a whole lot of fun with that. But for right now, just PJ, from your outside looking in, from I guess a national perspective. Yeah. I mean, what what does this mean for college football for Georgia? All of that. I know it's a big question. Uh, that, that is that is pretty big. Uh, I'm, I mean, first of all, I'm just happy for y'all. Now, to be honest with you, I mean, seeing seeing all the all the all the pain and all Can the heartache over the, the last few years. What's up? PJ did not send the congratulatory text until triple zeros were on the clock. Absolutely <laughs> no. I I made sure of it this time, and I actually it's funny. I was actually watching a delayed version of the stream as well, like to to double make sure, and then I gave it five minutes, and I was like, you, you know, maybe you had to pause the game to go to the earth or something like that. Like I I had to I had to wait as long as possible but uh also while we're giving credit i mean not everyone forgot about what georgia was other than that that's SEC true. championship. someone that's picked true. someone picked georgia yesterday and it wasn't anyone from it's three the guy wearing red and black today there you go so <laughs> no anyway um no i mean it, i think it means a whole lot especially you know for for georgia themselves and just yeah getting over that hump not only of getting the the monkey off your back of the national championship which yeah has been 41 years that's that's a long long time but also i think especially for for you know football players for you know people growing up for fans for young fans for old fans last 15 years it's been all about georgia versus alabama and you you haven't been able to get past that either and you knew you had to if you wanted to win a national championship and, uh, of course, everything happened in the SEC championship game, too. I know we talked about it's less on the coaches and less on the players right now and more uh, about the fans and, and having to dwell on all that stuff and think, can we do this? Can yeah. we get past? Like, Kirby Smart can get us there. Can he get us over the – and he did. You're, well, on, you're on the mountaintop. That hill's behind you. And, of course, you're going to have to play Nick Saban in Alabama again, probably maybe even next year. But this oh, year, yeah. If you want to go to the, if you want to win the national championship, you're going right. to meet Alabama next but, year. But but this year it's there. done. Sure. It's over with. You, you were able to get it done, and uh, I think that's huge. Uh, I think it's going to be fun to see who comes back on this team, who goes to the NFL, what happens with the quarterback situation. But I mean, can we just enjoy it for a day, PJ? No, absolutely. Can we just enjoy it for one day. And and you know, I know everyone's talking about this, but you think about the Stetson Bennett story and just uh, every everything he was able to do, and to see. Not only him, but this whole team yeah. come out against Alabama and finish. Like you said, that fourth quarter was huge, monumental. Well, it, Nick Saban it, it, said it. He came with Kirby Smart and ESPN yeah. cameras right there. He said, you kicked our ass in the fourth quarter. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. and I think finally, not finally, but I, well, I think we were waiting for it for, for about a half of football. We were waiting to see, all right, can this Georgia team of 13 of the last 14 games be that 13 of 14 Georgia, or is it going to be the SEC Championship Georgia? And finally, Georgia, the real Georgia, yeah. came out to play there in the second half, dominated defensively for, for the most part. You had that gift with the fumble, which, uh, again, still disagree with as well. I think, yeah, I think Georgia got – It was I'm terrible. trying to think of a nice word. Georgia got uh, – was on, was on the wrong end yeah, of – Two bad calls, for I, sure. I thought, from the officials there. Uh, we are taking your calls all day, 912-342-7184, 912-342-7184. Taking your calls all day uh, as we just recap a Georgia national championship. Never thought I'd be saying that. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, Cam, it had to be Alabama, though, right? Like, yeah. everyone 
keeps looking at this and say I, I heard Kevin asked me yesterday he was like I mean you, you wanted Alabama here right you wanted the redemption I was like I don't care who it was I don't care if it was like an eighth grade team that somehow lucked in there as long as Georgia could get in there and win like it, it didn't matter but looking back on it now it just feels like you wrap this up the best way possible just look at it as a singular season right you go 12 and 0 you lose to a team get your mind right you beat the hell out of Michigan, and then you get revenge against the only team that's beaten you, mm-hmm. a team that had beaten you seven times in a row. It had to be Alabama. Yeah, I mean, it's what I said. I would have never been satisfied had we won the championship and it had it been Bama. Uh, I admit that. I can't lie to you. I would have been happy, but I wouldn't have been satisfied. Uh, that's the beauty about Georgia sports. You know, it's adults that have never seen their teams win championships. We're adults. Uh, this was the first time we saw the Braves and now the Bulldogs and – they just weren't winning for themselves. They were winning for the state. And it was one of the best moments in, in my sports life that I've ever like seen. I've, went, I've seen, like, you know, championships for my NBA teams. But this was the best one. And shout out to Stetson How are Bennett. you going to say Georgia sports like, and then reference the Lakers? Uh, I, uh, no, I was saying, you know, <laughs> I've seen some of my teams win. But so this was the Hawks the have best never won, one. Cam. No, no. But this was That's the best team, one. That's not my team. <laughs> this was the best okay, one. Okay, Cam, you're not the only Georgia fan out there that roots for Duke basketball but, and loves uh, loves ugh. the Lakers. So, but anyway, we're not talking. <laughs> so we're not talking true. about that. Today. Let's go back to this game because uh, I think Stetson Bennett. I'll say he is the story of this game nationally, right? He was on Good Morning America. Uh, I want to say he was he was tired this morning those eyes were, he was there the, like he was on like it his body was physically on good morning america i don't know if his <laughs> mind was and that could be for a number of reasons he could have just been jet lagged really tired i don't know for sure uh but stetson bennett yeah he made an appearance and i encourage you to go look at that video because my man whoo he was happy he man. looked like what you're supposed to happy. look like after you win the national championship as a quarterback right just want to send an apology to him man he he played great last night. Oh, well, okay, let's talk about that. Let's, let's start with that. He played he everybody. the story because he's a walk-on who leaves the school, comes back, gets a scholarship, earns his way sitting behind a bunch of five stars and four stars, and goes on, and he's the guy who wins the national championship for the University of Georgia. He did not play well for three and a half quarters. Yeah, he did. And, give, I mean, give Alabama a lot of credit. Their defense played out of their minds. Will Anderson yeah. is a problem. <laughs> Like if if you're Mel Kiper and you're those guys and you're just like or if you're like Madden and like you get to give like the special superhero trait, Will Anderson is just problem because there's nothing that you can do towards his side of the ball. If you want to try to throw a screen, he's gonna eat it up. If you want to drop back, he's going to sack you. If you run towards him, he's gonna take you down. Will Anderson played out of his mind he's last like, night. So give Alabama's yeah. defense a lot of credit, but still in a half of football, you put up six points. Right, and then you are you're able to break through and get the touchdown there in the third quarter. But Stetson Bennett didn't have anything to do with that. That was James Cook breaking one down the sideline and then pounding one in the end zone with the old Jordan Davis tight end, Jalen Carter fullback play, and Zamir White running in there. And Kenny McIntosh had got the face mask to play before that to get you down that close. So Stetson Bennett did not arrive until the fourth quarter. And what I thought was cool about it, though, and it's okay to say this, it's okay to say Stetson Bennett did not play well for three quarters. But I think that goes back to a lot of games you saw this year. Stetson Bennett did not play well in the first half against Florida. Did not play well. It took the defense setting them up and uh, N'Kobe Dean getting a pick six. We saw that a lot from Stetson Bennett this year where he just had times where he didn't play great, but when he needed him, he stepped up. Mm-hmm. And so what happens? You're in the third quarter. Alabama is just hanging around. You've taken the lead, and you're just trying to put your foot on the gas pedal and get out of there, but they've just been getting after him the entire game. You go away from the run, and he gets sacked, and it, they call it a fumble. 
it has that wasn't the f- they nah. they called it they called a fumble whatever it doesn't matter now it, but it just it felt like the universe was once again getting in Georgia's way mm-hmm. because that Alabama player just kind of runs underneath the ball not even really paying attention running at kind of half speed thinking the play's over thinking it's an incomplete pass ball falls into his hand and he just happens to not step out of bounds when he does it and so it's Alabama's football if not it would have been a fumble going forward and Georgia could have just punted it away Right? Even if you call it a fumble, it would have gone out of bounds and still been Georgia's ball, and you can punt the football away there. But instead, dude just lucks into it. Five plays later, Bryce Young throws a touchdown. Go ahead. Nah, this is why I would say outside of that play, I told the three-and-out crew yesterday, I said, if you're going to win the game, no turnovers. Outside of that play, he, he had a, a few bad plays, but no turnovers. I would I was, say this. I was in the, happy about that. In the first that. half, he did his best to give Alabama the football. Yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. scramble on the second play of the game where he is a nice run, but he just went full two on it <laughs> and just nobody touched him and he, <laughs> he dropped and he drops the football. He just tried and to hit, he just tried to hit him with the crossover. Man. Yeah, he That's did, it. but he crossed himself up but he was and he was lucky. But I will say this, you talk about the football gods and how how it, the ball don't lie. Literally the same thing happened to Bryce, Bryce Young, Young in the yeah. SEC championship. Devonta yeah. Wyatt punches the ball out. There's seven Georgia defenders around it, including Nolan Smith, who could have just fallen on it, but he tried to scoop it and and Bryce Young just sticks his hand out and mm-hmm. picks the ball up. So, again, it's a slugfest back and forth. I want to get into the defense, but we're talking about Stetson right now. It's a slugfest back and forth. Stetson Bennett has had one of his worst games. It seems like another nightmare game against Alabama. And I know we're trying to write this loving soliloquy about Stetson Bennett and how amazing he is in his story, and we're trying to already make the Kurt Warner movie about Stetson Bennett. <laughs> It's okay to say he did not play good football for three quarters because he played the best quarter of his life when it mattered the most. And they asked him, what happened? He said he went to the sideline and said, I'm not going to be the reason we lose. I'm not going to be the reason we lose. And I don't know if he had a conversation with Todd Munkin or I don't know if Todd Munkin just kind of felt it and said, I got to get him in the game instead of just trying to work around him but that next drive he comes out and it wasn't just hey let's get Stetson Bennett comfortable here it's let's just cut him loose yeah like if if we're gonna if we're gonna go out let's go out letting this dude sling the rock around and so you go with some big play actions and you go after the most vulnerable part of this Alabama defense which is two inexperienced corners Kool-Aid McKinstry is going to be a really good player but he's young and he's inexperienced mm-hmm. and on the flip side of it they were rotating a couple guys there but Josh Job wasn't in mm-hmm. he was injured for this game so you go after the most inexperienced part of their secondary and it works you have four and five stars playing wide receiver for you Jermaine Burton is a dude let him go to work you get a big pass to him on the left and then you come back and he cooks his guy and the guy just tackles him in the open field and so you <laughs> get the pass interference and then that, you get the offsides. Stetson Bennett does what you're supposed to do with the offsides, and he throws a bomb to A.D. Mitchell, who a lot of people think, oh, four- or five-star guy, three-star out of Tennessee, mm. Com- was committed to Tennessee. Something happened there. There's a lot of speculation about Jeremy Pruitt and why he didn't accept his commitment, but commits to Ole Miss and then is sending Georgia tapes of him himself. Like He's sending yeah. to Georgia coaches tapes of himself, decommits from Ole Miss, gets a scholarship offer, from Georgia, commits to Georgia, and then makes the biggest catch in the national championship game, right? So it's just there's all kinds of storylines through this game. Again, we're going to talk about the defense, but when it mattered most, Stetson Bennett in the fourth quarter, four for four, over 80 yards, and two touchdowns. You you leaned on him. Mm -hmm. And that was the Georgia recipe this year, right? We're going to play good defense. We're We're not good defense. Elite, great, maybe best ever defense. We're going to pound the rock, and then we're going to let Stetson Bennett hit big play action passes and give Georgia coaches a ton of credit. They stuck with what 
got them there. They didn't let the Twitter coaches, the radio hosts, the outside pressure get in their way. They stuck with what got them there, which is we're going to be bigger, meaner, more physical than you, nastier than you. We're going to run the rock. We're going to pound you until you quit. And what happened in the fourth quarter? You beat them 20-9 to in the fourth quarter. They, They broke them. Yep. is what eventually happened, and that's how Georgia's played football this year, and that's eventually what happened. So Georgia is your national champion, 33-18 to 18 over Alabama. I want to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about this some more. I want to flip it over. I want to talk about the defense because I think the defense was the story of this game. I know Stetson Bennett's is going to get all the headlines, deservedly so, but I think the defense was the story of this game. We'll talk about it next right here on Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside P.J. Zuko and Cam Urshry here recapping Georgia's 33 to 18 national championship win over the Alabama Crimson Tide. All right, PJ, during high school football season, you do a show called the High School Sports Roundup, where you talk to all the local high school coaches. And for the most part, there's a few guys out there that'll let you in, but for the most part, they give you the coach speak, right? When you're talking to these guys who are the good old boys, and I say that in the most loving way possible, who talk about football at its base level. What are always what are what are some of the things they always say the winning team does? Oh man, uh, a lot of different stuff. But I'd say one like of the biggest. The, what things, are the common themes when you're yeah, doing the Venn diagram? I'd say one of the biggest things is the winning team imposes their will, plays their style of football, and dictates like the flow of the game. Okay, if they're I looking at, I'm agree. If they look at the stat sheet, like what stats are they pointing to first? Oh, turnovers and big plays. Okay, I would say running the football and turnovers. Okay, that's, right? a, that's like, a big one too. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah talk to, sure. you talk to any coach at any level of football, usually whoever wins the rushing battle and wins the turnover battle is going to win the football game. You know what? I know why I said that answer now, and it kind of makes me angry, and I, I don't want to share it. So Carry I'll on. share it during the break. Go sure. ahead. Sure. Uh, ooh, a little uh, special <laughs> You break, could probably guess. A little special but break I, teaser just, just there. Go ahead. I like it. But so you look at the stats here Georgia, 140 yards on the ground. Alabama, 30. Yeah. Alabama, two turnovers. Georgia, one. Mm-hmm. In a game that is two Titans. One. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Alabama <laughs> should have had three. Right, uh, right. But in a game that it was two Titans just clashing, and it, 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 was a heavy, it was a heavyweight knockout, dragout fight there through the first three quarters of this football game yeah. until, again, like Nick Saban said, Georgia kicked Alabama's ass in the fourth quarter, right? This was two guys standing in the middle of a ring just throwing haymakers at each other, and it was awesome to watch. Georgia eventually in the second half just found a little bit more ground and more traction with their offense, and that, I think – has a lot to do and a lot of credit to be given to this coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball for Georgia because that was a clinic on how to get after Bryce Young, make him uncomfortable. And again, the caveat to this is he was missing his two best wide receivers and Jameis Williams played a quarter and a half and he was still Alabama's leading receiver. Yeah. I mean, the dude's freaky good, (laughs) right? But even before that, first play of the game, Jordan Davis gets into the backfield and absolutely wrecks Bryce Young and it was like, did Georgia just score a touchdown? <laughs> yeah, like the, the cameras didn't even know who to follow, and all of a sudden, Kobe Dean's walking into the end zone, right? Right. So it was it was from the word go. Georgia was ticked off, and they they got back at it. But also, everyone's like, "Hey, they just went back and they played Georgia defense. They got super creative with their pressures." And I think more so than anything, they went back and this is what we were talking about for the SEC championship: is use every single resource available. I think they went back to LSU and Auburn and said, "Okay, what do these guys do?" How do they make Bryce Young so uncomfortable? Because a lot of people are pointing at Cincinnati and saying Cincinnati did a good job. 
Alabama did not care about throwing the football against Cincinnati. Brian Robinson over 200 yards on the ground. Yep. That was that you can throw that one away. But what did these two SEC schools do to Alabama to hold them around 20 points? Just getting after Bryce Young and the cool thing that Georgia is able to do is they're able to send that pressure but they're still able to maintain their gaps with those big defensive linemen. Now I'll say this, in the second half there was a drive and I know Cam will remember this, where Alabama was just handing the ball to Brian Robinson and then throwing the ball to Brian Robinson, and they were just right down the field. Yeah. Right? I'm not accusing. Pure speculation. If they're hurt, I hope they're okay. I just thought it was very convenient that Jalen Carter and Devonta Wyatt got hurt on that drive, (laughs) and they were both fine and played critical snaps going. It was just Alabama's picking up the pace. They're cooking you with Brian Robinson. You don't have time to rest. Uh, Coach. Yeah. Coach, my hand a little bit. Oh, that knee's a little sore. Let's uh, we're gonna get TV timeout. TV timeout. Yep. So like three extra minutes here. Everybody can catch their breath. What happens? You force a field goal. Mm-hmm. Right. You're able to just whoop, shut the lid on that drive. It was Georgia's defense. It was Lewis Seen playing out of his mind. He ended up being the defensive player of the game, just smacking people around. And that's what Georgia's defense did all year, and why it's so much fun to watch. It's it's Georgia's one of those cool teams where it's as fun to watch them play defense as it is to. For them to play offense, completely. Like a, a yeah. lot of people watch their teams and they're like, "All right, let's just get the ball back to the offense." You're watching Georgia's defense, and you are just as focused on that, and like just for pure entertainment. And it's getting after the quarterback, forcing the quarterback to get to his checkdown, and then watching these freaky five-star athletes just mutants that shouldn't be able to run like they do track these dudes down. Mm-hmm. Like the one play where I think it was Slade Bolden that they threw it out to the flat really quick and Lewis mm-hmm. Seen just came out on like a freight train, yeah. right? Georgia's <clears throat> defense was, and I don't, I shouldn't say finally because, again, SEC Championship just seemed like a blip. It, it, you saw what you saw all year from this Georgia defense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, it, it, it was impressive. Uh, you know, they got dominated in the SEC Championship. We all know that. But I think I think they got away from themselves. Yeah, they did. But I would put it like this. Outside of the Brian Robinson drive where I thought they were gaining momentum because I was like, oh, Yeah, that crap. felt like a death march. Yeah, I was like, uh-oh, this might be the one where they dog walking for a touchdown. Yeah. Outside of that, that defense was solid the entire game to me. I mean, they held them the field goals. The only touchdown they got was off the fumble. Outside of that, you held Bryce Young, a Heisman you know, trophy winner, mm-hmm. the field goals. It was just impressive. And, I mean, Lewis seen he played out his mind last night. Kobe Dean out his mind. It was just – it was impressive. I was just – I was happy, man. And see, it was my, impressive. My defensive player of the game – I know Lewis Seen played really well. My defensive player of the game would have been Keely Ringo and not inherently for the pick six, even though that was awesome. And a great moment seeing him run down the sideline and they do the slow-mo Kirby Smart saying, just go down, go down. He's and like, he's like, nah, nah man. Yeah. He's like, I'm taking yeah. him to the crib. Well, he's got a convoy in front yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I was watching. True freshman, too? And, uh, yeah. Come on, I know there's a lot of people out there with uh, fiscal interests in that that were very happy uh, to see – Keely not go down there, but I thought the biggest play he made was a play where he actually got beat, where Cameron Latu caught that out route, and that was a dime by Bryce Young because uh, Keely Ringo actually had good leverage. He was underneath the route, and so if that's not a perfect pass, he picks that one off, but Bryce Young throws a perfect pass right yeah. over his hands into Cameron Latu's hand, and you're usually when you're burned like that, even if it is a tight end, like how many times do we see O.J. Howard uh, take against it Clemson, to the house, just yeah. take that same route to the oh, house, yeah. right? It is Keely Ringo overshoots the route, ball goes over his hands, Cameron Latu catches it, in stride is down the sideline, and Keely Ringo tracks him down yeah. and tackles him and almost forces a fumble, 
Georgia forced a field goal on that drive. Yeah. That could have like <clears throat> Georgia in this game did not give up the backbreaker, right? Jamison right. Williams had a couple of those in the SEC championship game. Georgia's defense was, I don't want to say playing Ben, but don't break, but they were just yeah. you you can get down to the 30, and then our five stars with our defensive linemen that run four eights and our linebackers that weigh 240 pounds and run four fours, they're gonna get so much bigger. Yeah. Down here in this compressed area. So Keely Ringo making that tackle for momentum for the score for what you had to do on offense was massive. And then obviously the pick six is the pick six, and that's a moment that will live with Georgia fans forever. I thought he, as a freshman, retro freshman, but a freshman, played absolutely out of his mind. And, again, you're playing against Alabama, you're going to get burned on some routes. But when he – the difference between a good team and a great team is – and I've talked about this before, right, with quicksand – you can't let mistakes compound into devastating mistakes, right? Exactly. You just have to be like a good pitcher where if somebody hits a solo shot, it's a solo shot, whatever. Georgia's defense last night, if Alabama had one good play, they had two bad plays after that, mm-hmm. right? And that's what Georgia's defense did all year. If somebody picked a first, picked up a first down, for the most part, Georgia sent them backwards the next couple plays. Yeah. So I thought like Keely Ringo was just kind of a microcosm of how well Georgia's defense played all night. Yeah, I mean – my guy, my favorite acquisition for this team in general is Darion Kendrick. I mean, he got targeted a lot last night, mm-hmm. and he just showed the heck up. He showed up all year. We played Clemson. Every game he's played, he showed up. And that, that veteran leadership he brought, you know, transferring from Clemson, I, I think that's just like an unsung we'll acquisition. Ta- we'll talk about that whole secondary, right? So yeah. we talked about Keely Ringo. Christopher Smith had the pick six that won it against Clemson to start, and then he has the pick – uh, in this game as well, and he also almost had another one, but more so than that, he had a pass breakup where Darian Kendrick couldn't locate the football. He comes over from his high safety position yep. and knocks that football away. Like, what were we hearing after the SEC championship? Yeah, Georgia's front seven is great, but the secondary is the Achilles heel of this team. Yep. Darian good. Kendrick was playing lockup defense, Keely Ringo. He got burned a couple of times, but again, for the most part, he was playing really solid defense. Lewis seen one player of the game. Christopher Smith had an interception, and William Poole, Played out of his mind, and yeah. we hadn't seen him until the SEC championship yeah. game. And for, well, those you don't know, for those of you who know, that's number 31. Uh, he had the big pass break up there in the fourth quarter where that game was still kind of on his access a little bit, yeah. right? And then they have a third down, and he just runs a route for the dude and breaks that one up. So, I mean, the position group that everyone talked about, the secondary, that's Achilles heel of this team maybe play their best game of the season. Exactly. And that's why I'm so happy you guys brought both th- those things up because, I mean, that's what I've been thinking the whole time is just the, the front seven did exactly what we thought they could do and exactly what yeah. they needed to do, right? They were getting after Bryce Young all night. The defensive line was was staunch and was strong against that running game and f- showed up against this, against this offensive line, too, that – isn't as good as they looked as in the SEC championship game. Like, Still, let's like, put, I'll, like I'll say this it's Alabama's a, offense line. I'll say this for Alabama, and maybe more so this is Bryce Young because Georgia did have some free runners in this game that just didn't get home. Like yeah. uh, Trevon Walker had uh, him had uh, Bryce Young dead to rights and didn't sack him, and there was a couple other ones. Uh, Alabama only gave up one sack until this game was pretty much out of hand. Like when Keely right. Ringo, I think they had two sacks at the end after Keely Ringo had the pick six. Yeah. So I think Alabama's offensive line played pretty well. Sorry. No, that's fine. It's fine. It was, but still, like, they, they were able to – I don't know. They were also able to disrupt the run game pretty good, which yeah. I think obviously that's not the huge thing of this football team. It's Bryce Young in the passing game. But 
still, Brian Robinson can can get his too. So uh, I think front seven did a really good job against the running game, especially too. But no, for for sure, uh, I think the biggest part defensively of this football game was the secondary and them being able to come out and and being absolutely everywhere all night it, we didn't see them burned for the for most huge plays and even when they were like yeah th- think about what makes this georgia defense so good it's of course that they're insane athletes i think i, I said it one time earlier in the year i said they're just freaks like they're monsters like, you look at everyone on this defense yeah just, somebody said it. it said has georgia has georgia changed what it takes to win a national championship like have, have they changed the formula it's like i mean i guess if the formula is like 19 five stars <laughs> and it's like yeah sure there's <laughs> exactly. a walk, your whole defense there, there's a walk-on quarterback NFL. but i kind of compared this yeah. with bj i was like i'm not saying since it wasn't a good quarterback because obviously he played a great fourth quarter there and had the 300 yard performance against michigan but also georgia's a lamborghini they just needed somebody to drive it, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like there, there, there's no new formula. Kirby Smart stole Nick Saban's formula almost literally because he stole his recruiting board when he went to Georgia <laughs> right? and grabbed a bunch of those guys, and there's a lot of friction between those two guys. So it's like it wasn't – it's no new formula. It's just – No. It's – those are the two clearly the best teams in the country. I, I think yeah. the, the only reason, like, why people are saying that too is is this is – I've actually enjoyed a lot watching Georgia's defense, and I know I'm looked at as like the Big Ten guy, SEC hate or whatever. But like to me, Georgia's scheme and just what they do this year and what they've done to win is like patented classic SEC football. Like that—that that is an SEC defense from ten years ago that that was dominating college football, right? And it from yeah, there was, from 2006 yeah. to 2012. There was nothing, there was like, nothing complicated about. And I'll try to keep it like in Madden terms. There was nothing complicated about what Georgia was doing on the back end, right? There, there was a few times uh, where, the, where they went to zone coverage, but for the most part, it was Georgia was getting creative up front, a lot of stunts, a lot of simulated pressures and stuff like that where it looked like they were going to send some backers, but then they actually backed off. For the most part, Georgia just sent four down linemen. And right. every now and then when it was an obvious passing situation, then they'd send the backer off, but they'd still, for the most part, only rush four until they did those like the the – the double Mike linebacker blitzes up the middle like they did against Clemson all night long. But for the most part, they were, Georgia was playing too high, right? Georgia was playing too high safeties, and they were playing man coverage. Yeah, They were playing underneath man Come coverage. Come and get it, right? And they were yeah. saying, Keely Ringo's a five-star. Darren Kendrick is a draft pick. William Poole was a, full, uh, was a four-star. That's what I wanted to ask yeah. you. Yeah, like, How many it, guys do you think is going to the league from the defense? Because that was an NFL game we watched last night. No, that yeah, wasn't like, a college no, game. No, no questions asked. That was an NFL there, there, game. That was, yeah, there's probably – I think somebody said there could be upwards of 30 to 40 guys that played last night that are going to be in the NFL. Like, that was an mm. NFL game. Uh, like – just defensively going this year, uh, go across the line. Devontae Wyatt's gone. Jordan Davis is gone. Trevon Walker, if I'm him, I'm probably gone. Even though I could see them convincing him to come back, much like they did for Jordan Davis, because I think Trevon Walker, some people like recognize what he is and say, hey, he's a first-round pick. But I've seen him go as like late as the third round. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you want to go get your money, get your money. Or you do what Jordan Davis did, come back, and you'll be the guy all year. Uh, but say he's gone, N'Kobe Dean's gone. I would imagine Quay Walker's gone. Uh, I'd be curious to see what Nolan Smith decides to do. Lewis Seen's probably gone, but I guarantee you Christopher Smith's back, Darian Kendrick's back, so you need another corner. But Keith Ringo's just a freshman. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're losing a bunch, but I mean I yeah. I'm in love. And I'm glad everybody else is on this train now too. I'm in love with Jalen Carter. And oh, I've yeah. I've I've been in love with him since last year when he was playing as a freshman. That dude's got a little bit of Indomitian Sue to him. Mm-hmm. Like I think just enough because not too much yeah, yeah. Well, but it's just but it's <laughs> those are the guys that it takes to win a national championship sure. a dude who is just 
will beat the hell out of you and like it. Yeah, sometimes right? you got to be nasty. Like man. you don't, you don't, it yeah, you is. don't have to like shake people's hands after the play. You can like it's good for people to hate you. And Jalen <laughs> Carter is a physical freak. He, mm-hmm. Obviously, he blocks the field goal, but just like watching him, and again, he got hurt, and then like two plays later, he's got two guys trying to stop him, and he's just like lurching into the backfield after Bryce Young. Jalen Carter can be better than anybody that's on this Georgia defensive line right now. That includes Jordan Davis and Trevon Walker and Devonta Wyatt and all those guys. Jalen Carter might be the best defensive tackle that's come through Georgia in a long, long time, and he's back. He's a sophomore yeah. right now, so I mean, if Phoenix Georgia defense is going away, they got another thing coming. I think the hardest guy to replace is going to be N'Kobe Dean, obviously, because he's just freaky, but we also said that about Roquan. And then you got yeah. Nakobe. So it's coming a, in. Yeah. Think, think about this too. I mean, like you just went through that secondary and named everyone off. It would talk about the Achilles heel, all this. Look at their performance last night. And now they just have room to get better. Mm-hmm. Like now they just I'd have say, room to progress. I say you lose two out of your four starters. Yeah. Offensively, I think you got a lot of room to get better. And that's where I'm kind of like excited about quarterbacks, running backs. Your wide receivers, I think all of them are going to come I think back. You finally get, I think you finally saw in the national championship what that wide receiver room looks like healthy. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be really, really scary with a uh, – You, I mean, I don't know if Stetson would come back, but if not, That's, any we're new gonna quarterback. We're going to say that question. We can do a whole show yeah. on, that, on that. I want to take a quick break. We're going to come back. we got some things we got to put to bed. We're going to do that next right here on Second Down. Night-night. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. All right. It's time to put some things to bed. So we don't have to talk about them ever again. And this is one of my favorite things to do. And it's really satisfying, especially when it's your team. Right? I can imagine. Let's start here because it's the oldest one. You know we can officially put to bed? 1980. Yeah. Never again... Well, you have to sit at a bar and have a sports argument with your friend, and when they start losing it, they look at you and go, yeah, well, 1980. And then you get upset because there's nothing to say. You know what we can start saying now? Yesterday. No, we can start saying 1990, <laughs> Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can start saying 2008. Shoot, it's been over a decade since mm. Florida won one. You guys okay down there? That's a long time ago. It's a quick decade. Yeah. That's a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we, you can go ahead and put 1980 to bed. We want it for David Pollock and Odell Thurman and Eric Zier and Mike Bobo and Fred Gibson and Terrence Edwards and all those great dudes, all those great coaches. Mark Rick was in the building last night. Georgia won it for them. Mm-hmm. So, we put 1980 to bed. Georgia's back on top. All right? You know, you know what else we can put to bed? Bama. Bama. Yeah. Put it to bed. Now, are they still going to be hiding under your bed next year? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the monster in the closet for now. Have but fun right they're now. They're not going to be in the closet for long. But for right now, <laughs> but for right now, you, you can – well, no, forever. I'll say this. You can put it to bed. Yeah. Georgia can't beat Bama. For sure. Yeah. You, you can put it to bed. And I am so excited about that because mentally for your program – Who's left? I mean, think about who Georgia beat to book in this year. Clemson and Bama, the two mm-hmm. standards of college football. Yeah. Right? I, I you, you could put it to bed. Hell of a season. So you put Bama to bed, and I think yeah. the biggest thing you can put to bed is Kirby's good, great even, but he's not good enough to win the big game and win a national championship. Because there, there have been some questionable decisions in some of these other games. But 
you could put officially to bed the, I guess, Georgia version of Clemsoning, right? Kirby Smart avenged the only loss he had this year, finally beat his mentor. You can put that one to bed. A part of that upper echelon now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think yeah. he is upper echelon right now. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I, 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 and I think he'll follow suit with what he's been doing, putting in a good, yeah. you know, program. But next year I want to see how they, you know, defend the title. Yeah. That's always fun to watch, how you defend your title. For sure. And this isn't just a you, – you just reminded me of something there. Like, this isn't huge for, for necessarily Georgia itself. But this whole conversation of no one – you know, no – Nick Saban disciples being able to beat him. Yeah, twice in a year. Boom, just like that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, did you guys – Especially catch, on the big stage. Did y'all catch any of the Jimbo Fisher broadcast last night? I, no. <laughs> I nah. I that, saw you tweet about it, and I was just like, so uh, I'm not getting I saw – I saw what it was. It was going to be the, the film room, and I've seen it before where it's – a lot of times it's like a couple of coaches that are now analysts for ESPN with a couple of like current coaches in there. They did something interesting this time – which is they just sent a film crew to Texas A&M and it was in their meeting, like their big meeting auditorium and they have the big screen obviously up there. And so they had they had two screens going. They had just the live feed of the game and then Jimbo Fisher had his clicker. And Jimbo Fisher could, had like access to every camera ESPN had access to. So he could just go through and watch whatever he wanted to watch. For the most part, they just did the All-22 and then the game broadcast. But like listening to Jimbo Fisher and those coaches – sit there and break down that game and like kind of go through the mental games that uh, Georgia's defense was playing with Bryce Young and just like how Georgia ha- – like, for example, how Georgia handled the the trips and the stacks in the SEC Championship versus how they attacked him in man coverage uh, in this game. It was really cool to sit there. Like, say, say what you want to about Jimbo Fisher, but not many dudes know more about offensive football than he does. And so to sit there and listen to him talk about it and the decisions that Bryce Young was trying to make. And uh, what I, other thing I thought was cool is obviously all these coaches recruit the same players. Mm-hmm. And so when a dude would make a play, they go, oh, yeah, you remember him? And it was just kind of a, dang, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if we had him. So, I mean, it was that, that I thought was a cool broadcast. I flipped over to the – they had the hometown call. And so you got to listen to, like, Scott Howard just kind of overlaid over, uh, over the top of the national broadcast, that was pretty cool as well. I didn't do for whatever reason. They literally had an entire stream designated to a drone that was just flying around Indianapolis. Yeah, no, no, hmm. none of that. But either way, <laughs> a lot of cool broadcasts. I, I, I thought ESPN did an unbelievable job with that broadcast from start to finish, uh, and they, they always do. I don't think anybody broadcasts college football better. I think the only thing I would say is still the best opening theme song goes to CBS. For their college yeah, football, because when you hear that at three thirty, huh, it just touches a part of your heart. <laughs> but when it actually comes to broadcasting, I don't know if he is, anyone does it better than ESPN. I'm not saying that just because of the station we're on. All right, no, I mean I'm being honest. I'll say he's an Ohio State guy. Kirk Kirk uh, Herbstreit is is next level to me. Chris Fowler. Kirk Herbstreit's uh, become the voice of college football. He's absolutely. our generation's voice of of college football. My, my favorite has has always been Kirk and Brent Musburger when when that was in. My but, my my. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris Fowler has, has really yep. come into his own and, and really started to own this thing and, and have loved seeing that. And then Reese Davis after hosting the uh, the award show mm-hmm. and whatnot was great. Speaking uh, of which, uh, our thoughts are with SVP. I know he's dealing with a little bit of medical issues right now. That's why he wasn't on. Ooh, yeah, yeah, he okay. wasn't. He wasn't. He, he's doing okay now, but he wasn't on the Sports Center after the game. So obviously our thoughts with Scott Van Pelt. Hopefully he gets better quick and back in that midnight sports center booth. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back, wrap up second down, get you ready for three and out right here on ESP. 
All right, we got about a minute left here on second down before we send you over to three and out. But I need to mentally prepare everyone for something because as much fun as it has been today celebrating, and we'll continue to do so throughout the week with some more guests, this next week or so is going to be wild because you talked about people leaving for the draft cam. Mm -hmm. There is open college free agency right now. Caleb. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Caleb Williams. Again, this is unbelievable. Stetson Bennett wins a national championship, and we're talking about getting that transfer quarterback in. But that's not what we're talking about. What I'm talking about is there are going to be some Georgia players that are gone. There are mm -hmm. going to be some Alabama players that are gone. But both of these teams, and Alabama's already done it with Eli Ricks and Jameer Gibbs and some other guys, they're going to go out and add some players. So college football – much like the NFL has become a 365-day, round-the-clock sport. So, as you sit here and you soak in the end of the college football season, which is sad, know that the news will never stop, and these players are going to be hitting the market, and it is going to be fascinating to watch. Also watch the coaching staff. Obviously, we know about Dan Lanning. Does he take anybody with him? Does Georgia add anybody, move on from anybody? It's going to be really fascinating to see what happens there. Three and out coming up next with B.J. Bennett, Ben Troop, and Kevin Thomas. If you miss any portion of our show, check it out on Spotify.